Cockney-style Chaz and Dave homosexual protest song, but keep it a bit more light entertainment. You know, roll out the barrel, snooker loopy. Any old iron. Actually, forget the last one. So, um... Do you know, I haven't always done this job. I used to be a doctor. Yeah, I got sacked, though, because I used to have my own little unique way of telling people the news. I remember one Thursday afternoon, this bloke came in, he said, it's me wife, had the baby. I said, yeah. He said, what's the news? And I said, Monday's child is fur of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child, club foot. <laughs> People always want to know how you got involved in this job as well. I come from a very funny family. My uncle was hilarious. He's the kind of bloke that used to come in our house when he was about 14. And he'd go, hey Lee, you're married yet? He was a genius, wrote it all himself. And, uh, <laughs> And he got, I bet you got loads of girlfriends, oh, you little heartbreaker. And then we laugh more. He's just very funny, you know. <laughs> and he said, do you ever take them roughly from behind? And then we just stare him like, I go, you what? <laughs> you don't trust them, they're all slags. And then we had to restrain him and the police got involved. You don't need to know any of this, it's none of your business. But, um, two blokes came backstage and asked me the classic question the other day. They said, uh, do you do refunds? No, they asked me the classic question, right? <laughs> These two blokes asked me the classic question. They said, uh, Lee, you're a comedian. In fact, you're a great comedian. <laughs> In fact, uh, you're a genius. The way you tell jokes but make us think differently about the world, it makes us want to be better people too. We don't know how you do it, but never mind that, Lee, and you're not a bad-looking fella. But tell us this. <laughs> who, who inspires you? And do you know what I said? I said Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I said Stephen Hawkins. I said the pair of you. Get out of your dressing room. Stop asking me stupid questions. <laughs> Conversation. <laughs> no, do you know who genuinely, really, really inspires me? And this is the truth. My dad. I know what you're thinking. Come on, Lee. You don't know who your dad is. <laughs> my dad's the most inspiring man in the world. He's hilarious, my dad. The kind of bloke that could read out a telephone directory and it'd be funny. I mean, to be fair, he used to do it with his willy out. And... Uh, <laughs> He wasn't quite as funny when he started phoning people. Um... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to welcome my regular guest. Some people are so well known they need no introduction. So with that in mind, let me tell you a bit about her. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, loved by millions. She's not been on TV, but she's been loved by millions. Please welcome Angela McHale! Loved by millions doesn't suggest I've been round the block. All right, millions is an exaggeration. Million. <laughs> I'm joking. That's all right. I'm just looking at you thinking, I don't think I could stomach a million and one. 
Just out of interest, if I did ask you, what would you say? Oh, please, let's not go down that avenue. I agree. Straightforward missionary position. <laughs> Come on, then. If not a million, how many? Excuse me, that's not the kind of thing you ask a lady. I know. So how many? Well, let's just say not double figures. Triple? Single. What about you? Have you reached one yet? Me? I've had about 36, roughly. Really? Yeah, and about 11, sensitively. That's 47. That's a rather large figure. Oh, yeah, I forgot about her. 48. You've slept with 48 people? Yeah, that's about average. Yeah, if you're a cat. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that as well. Make it 49. It's fair to say I've had a few conquests in my time. Conquests? It's a typical sad male attitude. It's seen as some sort of heroic thing to do for blokes, yet if women do it, you think less of them. I don't think less of them. Do you know what I'll call a woman if she sleeps around? What? No, I'm saying, do you know what I'll call a woman if she sleeps around? <laughs> so, how old were you when you started this amazing conquest, Sir Edmund Hillary? 32. I was what is known up north as an all-night Photoshop. What's that mean? A late developer. <laughs> I didn't leave home until I was 35. My mum didn't like me bringing women back to the house. Well, not the kind of women I was bringing back, anyway. Which were what? Let's just say I like my women like I like my coffee. From the corner of the street, and I'm not willing to pay more than four quid. <laughs> Unless you get a free biscuit. 35's a bit old to be living at home being mummy's boy, isn't it? I know, but my mum was very ill. I had to look after her. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. Well, that's all right. You want to know, you hard-faced bitch. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. She couldn't look after herself. That's terrible. Yeah, it was very sad. Got to the point where she couldn't cook, she couldn't wash, she couldn't clean. I'm so sorry. It was at that point I thought, well, there's nothing in it for me, so I moved out. <laughs> Shagging for Britain after that I was. Ladies and gentlemen, talking about sexual conquest, it's time to welcome our first guest. Please put your hands together for Mike Wilmot. Thank you, thank you. How you feeling, everybody okay? You quit. Please don't stare at me. I'm Canadian. Okay, just relax. If you think you hate Americans, try living next door to them for a while. It's always difficult in Britain to say that it is nice to be in Britain, because you guys don't buy into that. You know, it's nice to be in Britain. No, it's not. But I do live next door to America, in the snow, amongst the French. It's actually quite nice to be here. I'm Canadian, the land of no specific enemy. <laughs> I'm not sure what Canada would do in a war. I, I think we'd cater. <laughs> a large boat full of donuts somewhere in the Persian Gulf. We were in Afghanistan, which was funny because the Canadian government, this is true, we didn't have the money to uh, put us in desert camouflage fatigues for the army. We didn't have the money. So we took hand-me-down camouflage outfits from the American army. They were jungle camouflage. That's right. The Canadian army was in the desert dressed as trees. And the Americans still managed to kill four of us. We're trees. How can we scare you? We're, oh my God, it's a talking, walking Wizard of Oz tree. Next time there's a war, we're just going to go dressed as ducks and bring chairs. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 42 years old now, and uh, my life has made a, a big jump. And uh, recently I bought a caravan. You call them caravans, we call them trailers. Caravan sounds more fun than a trailer. Caravan sounds like it comes with a gypsy and a tambourine. <laughs> just open the door and there he is. Hey, I'm living with you. Anyway, there's a toilet in it, which is quite odd. There's, it opens and there's the toilet next to the stove. 
It'll never be used. That's, that's wrong. You should never sit on a toilet and look at a stove. Eventually, that's just going to mess you up. You know, eventually, you'll think, oh, what the hell? I'm here anyway. Might as well make some soup. <laughs> Bizarre experiments later. I, I wonder how long it'll take me to pass a hot dog through my body. I don't care. I'm on holidays. I got my new glasses. Uh, I hope you like them. These are the closest I'll get to... Uh, contact lenses. You're not supposed to put things on your eyeballs. That's just wrong. And I'm not going to take that laser eyeball surgery. You're wearing glasses. Would you do the laser eyeball surgery on your eye? Of course not. You're a sensible human. A friend of mine had it done. And I said, did you feel anything? I'm scared of pain. I go, did you feel anything? And he goes, I swear to God, he goes, nothing. I felt nothing. But you do smell your eyeballs burning. <laughs> Everything on my body receded a little... You're not supposed to smell your eyeballs any, any time, even on a good day when they're fragrant. You should never, you, you, only elephants can smell their eyeballs. I'm guessing, I haven't done research, but I'm sure that's what they do. That's the perk of being an elephant. Well, my time is up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lee Mack. I did my favourite wind-up this morning. I went to the mechanic and said, uh, I think there's something wrong with my car. It keeps going. And he said, yeah, I think it's your clutch. I said, no, it's not the clutch. It keeps going. He said, yeah, it's your clutch. I said, no, it's not the clutch. It keeps going. He goes, it's your clutch. I said, stop interrupting. I've got a stutter. <laughs> keeps going. Really slowly up hills. <laughs> He said, yeah, it's your clutch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to welcome our musical guest. If I said the songs 2468 and War Baby, I would, of course, be talking about Tom Robinson. Right, Tom, let's get right to the big question. In the 70s, you had a hit song with Glad To Be Gay. In the 80s, you were exposed by the press as being straight. So why did you turn your back on the gay scene? And it's a serious matter, so I'm not going to do the obvious joke. <laughs> Well, if you'd like to step into my dressing room after the show, I'm pretty sure I could convince you that I'm not straight. That's disgusting. How come he gets a dressing room and I don't? <laughs> so if you're not straight, can you explain this Sunday People headline from 1988? Britain's number one gay in love with girl biker. Yeah, I was a bit puzzled by that myself. So you weren't in love with her? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was. I was just puzzled that out of the three million gay people in this country, I was supposed to be number one. It's not like there's a, an official top 40 or anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Dale Winton there, going straight in the number two slots. <laughs> anyway, I'm, um, I'm a bit confused with all this. Let's talk about motorways. Which was your biggest influence for that famous song? The M2, the M4, the M6 or the M8? Well, to be honestly, I've always preferred the M62. And why is that? Because it crosses from one side to the other. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's got those great Granada services. No, no, you're missing the point. Right. So what was the uh, inspiration for the song? Were you trying to learn the two times table? No, no, it's from demos and gay pride marches. We went on in the 70s, used to go chanting, two, four, six, eight, gay is twice as good as straight. Well, then you realise motorways were even better. <laughs> no, it's, it's like my wife says. Wife? Look, can we clarify this sexuality thing once and for all and stop beating around the bush? And again, serious matter, I'm not going to do the obvious joke. <laughs> I think the title of my website's a bit of a clue, Lee. It's called bothways.com. 
What, you give advice on which way people should look when crossing the road? <laughs> I hope you're not suggesting they try and cross motorways. That's very dangerous. No, no, no. It's not about the Green Cross Code. Oh, I see. You're bisexual. Congratulations, Sherlock. So shouldn't it have been sing if you're glad to be bi? Look, the whole point of the thing is that you should just be yourself and not let other people tell you how to live your life. And, more importantly, it wouldn't have rhymed. <laughs> how do you mean? Sing if you're glad to be bi. Sing if you're happy that way. Hey. We could change it to sing if you're glad to be bi. Sing if you're happy that why I. <laughs> oh, no, people might think you're a Geordie. You wouldn't want that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I used to live in the northeast. Now, look, can we please move on and talk about War Baby? War Baby? I didn't even know you'd had a baby. Um, I've got kids, as it happens. It's all very confusing, this sexuality stuff, it, isn't it? It wouldn't be confusing if we didn't have all these stupid labels. Look, as soon as you get in a car, they call you a motorist. Oh, not the motorway stuff again. No, you no, know, seriously, you get out again, and then suddenly you're a pedestrian. And then as soon as you get on a bike... You're you... a bike sexual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you ought to know, Lee. What are you talking about? Well, you know the difference between a straight man and a bisexual, don't you? What? About five pints. <laughs> I've no idea what you're on about. Just sing us a song, will you? OK, Lee. The radio comedy's the best in the world. Oh, thank you. I don't believe one of these stories I've heard. What story? About a skinny comedian in Old Compton Street. You what? And five pints of lager he drank for a treat. Let's leave it there. Seeking out gay bars, dancing with men. Shut up. Went back to his flat with a mate of mine, Ben. Never heard of him. He went in the bedroom and stayed there till three. He's a liar. And I think his name just might have been... All together Sing if you're glad to be gay. I'm not. Sing if you're happy that way. It could have been Lee Evans. Sing if you're glad to be gay. Sing if you're happy this Tom, you are a real star, but not the biggest star I'd like to see up close, because I've always wanted to be an astronaut. That is the cheesiest intro to a sketch. Shut up. Uh. Fuel monitor? Check. Rocket boosters? Check. Cheesy intro music? Check. <laughs> well, Mac, it's almost time for us to take off. Six months of isolation and loneliness. Do you think you have the mental strength? Check. You know, you just brought a lot of pornos again, didn't you? Check. So I have to spend six months listening to you bash the bishop, don't I? Check. It's always the same with you on these trips. Night, porn, bishop. Check. Well, it's finally happening. We're about to become the first men on Mars. We're off to Button Moon. We followed Mr. Spoon. Button whoa, whoa, Moon. Whoa, whoa, Stop. What was that? Well, it says on the script, Steve sings a space-related song. Oh, sorry, that's a mistake. Have you got a pen? Yeah. Yeah, it should say, Steve sings a space-related song, but not a song about the moon, because we're not going to the moon, we're going to Mars. You useless, I'll spell the next bit, W-A-N. We've to Button Mars, we followed Mr. Spars Button Mars. Shut up. This is your onboard computer speaking. Oh, I hate these things. Take off will commence. Listen, miss. Please, don't call me miss. I'm androgynous. All right, listen, Anne. Let's get one thing straight. 
I don't trust computers. Not since that famous incident when the computer helped Major Tom Robertson take over the control of the ship, kill all his co-pilots and disappear in the skate pod, never to be seen again. That saved four pages of dialogue. <laughs> well, that was Angel, the old model. I'm the new version. We're programmed never to harm humans. Uh, so what do we call you? You can call me Hal, and I'll call you Betty. Why? Because I can be your bodyguard, and you can be my long-lost pal. And I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me, just call me Hal. Alpha 4, this is Mission Control. We have a surprise for you, Lieutenant Mac. We have your girlfriend here. Hello? Is that you, Joanne? It's Debbie. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> I just wanted to say something to you before you left. I love you. Um, cheers. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to me? Can you cancel the mill? There's something I want us to do when you get back. You know, it's actually still illegal in some countries. No, not that. I want us to get married. <laughs> Sorry, we're breaking up, we're breaking up! <laughs> I said I want to marry you. I heard you. I said I'm sorry. We're breaking up. This is mission control. Countdown commencing. Ten. Engage thrusters. Nine. Switch to manual overdrive. Eight. Take the handbrake off. Seven. You've got things to say, haven't you? Two. Thanks, Steve. One. Here we go. What could possibly go wrong now? Got room for a little one. Oh, oh no! It's Major Tom Robinson! In unison. That's a stage direction. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I sneaked on board and hid in one of the storage cupboards, and once you've landed me safely and I've killed you both in a vicious and savage way, it's me who will be the first man on Mars. We have liftoff! <laughs> Join us later for part two of Mars Today.
I'll tell you what, if you want to have a laugh in any job, the best job in the world, be the last hangman in Britain. God, it'd be a right giggle, wouldn't it? Just bring the prisoner in, right? There'd be nothing set up, just me stood on my own. I'd go, well, it's a very sad day, isn't it? What have we got to do to you? A very sad day. Have you had your last meal? Yeah? What do you have? Ooh, shame. Should have had the all-you-can-eat deal. Never mind. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> it's a very sad day, what we've got to do to you. In fact, there's only one word to describe how I feel. Do you know what that word is? You don't? Well, do you want to have a guess? You shout out a letter... And I'll tell you if it's in the word. <laughs> P? No, it's not got a P in it. Build the scaffolding! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to chat with our house band leader, Steve Brown! I'll tell you what, Steve, I'm looking forward to hearing the end song today. You might give me a chance to do one of my famous impressions. Oh, which impression's that, then? That's your two ashes, funk's a funky, lean on major tom's a junkie. Oh, is it just the young one you do, or can you do old man steptoe as well? <laughs> come on, then, clever clocks. Let's hear one of yours. Oh, come on, you don't want to hear one of my silly impressions. Yeah, that's true. Let's do something else. Yeah, I'll go on, then. You know I can't smile without you. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's like I'm actually in the room with them. Yeah. Who is it? No idea. It's a big room and I'm facing the wrong way. I'll give you a clue. Lionel Blur. I haven't done it yet. With yellow feathers in her hair and a dress right down to there. Are you sure it's not Lionel Blur? Oh, Mandy. Bill Wyman. What? Well, he went out with Mandy Smith, didn't he? I'll give you another clue. I am your child. It is Bill Wyman. Uh, trying to get that feeling again. See? It's it not Bill Wyman. What does he look like? Sort of well-groomed Rod Stewart. Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> it's a musician and it's a he. Oh, well, I was halfway there. Oh, it's easy. Big nose. Not that easy, fat ass. <laughs> we'll start with the first name. If I said Hearn, Sheen and McGuigan, you'd say... Stop hassling me. I'm not paying child support. What? Oh, I thought it was the solicitors. It's Barry! Oh, Barry White! <clears throat> I've got quite a good vocal range, but I don't think I could quite carry off Barry White, do you? How do you think the pallbearers felt? <laughs> Barry White fans will have you for that. They'll never catch me. Second name. <laughs> Second name, first syllable. Finish this sentence. I love... Lucy. What? I love Lucy. <laughs> Isle of... White. It is Barry White. Oh, come on, man. Sorry, dude. Listen. <laughs> I write the songs that make the whole world sing. It's not Victoria Beckham, then. <laughs> One voice singing in the darkness. Stevie Wonder. Right, this is your last chance. My first name's Barry. Try and get it right. I'm a big-nosed white man. I'm not Barry White. I'm not Victoria Beckham. I'm a bit more bright. And I'm not Stevie Wonder, i still got my sight. And the chorus goes like this. I'm Barry Manilow. I'm Barry Manilow. I'm bloody Barry Manilow. <laughs> and you wonder why Matthew Kelly doesn't return your calls. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Brown! Meanwhile, every time and I never learn. Meanwhile, 3,000 miles above Earth.
This is Captain Mike Wilmot. Stardate 9765.3 and a smidge. <laughs> We've landed on the red planet. We're being held hostage by Major Robinson. He's planted explosives throughout the ship, and the detonation device is strapped to his body. But I don't want Mac to find out. He may become irrational or even unstable. Yeah, not me talking into my shoe, is it? Now, can you put some clothes on your mental get? Major Robinson will shortly become the first man on Mars. And I'm worried about the sanity of Lieutenant Mac. Oh, yeah? Not me who's been trying to eat me own poo, is it, you freak? Luckily, Mac has a plan. The Major will be on the surface of Mars for 37 minutes. In this time... We may be able to find and defuse the explosives, then take off, leaving the Major stranded for all eternity. Look, could you stop talking about me as if I wasn't here? Yeah, nice one, Mike. <laughs> so, you think you can outsmart me, do you, Mac? Well, forget it. You're on your own. Captain Wilmot is clearly insane, and even Hal's on my side. Ah, but is she? Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were programmed never to harm humans. Well, a girl can change her mind, can't she? I thought you said you were androgynous. I changed my mind. Listen, love. <laughs> don't think I haven't thought of a way to disarm you. And how do you propose to do that, Lee? Well, what do you think will happen if I pull this plug out? Then the hairdryer won't work. You know what? I don't know which bit I'm going to enjoy the most. Chopping you up into little pieces or watching your face as I do the same to Captain Wilmot. I know which I prefer. <laughs> Just answer me one question. Why are you doing this, you lunatic? Because I'm hungry and it looks like chocolate. Not you. <laughs> what turns a decent human being into a psychotic killer? I'll tell you, shall I? Remember that space cadet at school that everyone picked on? The spotty one with thick milk-bottled glasses who had buck teeth and walked with a limp? Do you remember him, do you? Not really. What did he look like? <laughs> shall I tell you what happened to that kid that nobody spoke to and they said would never amount to much? He became you. No, I ate him. Well, that's all that cleared up. Yeah, is there any more? Not you, Mike. Step into the air hatch, Major. Well, this is it. Me, Major Tom Robinson, about to become the first man to set foot on Mars. Ground controller, Major Tom. Ground controller, Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. What are you doing? Reading the script. Don't read it. Play it. It's supposed to be dramatic music. Ground control to Major Tom. Door closing. Air hatch sealed. Any final words, Major? This is one small step for man. Oh, what's happened to my verse? I replaced the oxygen with helium, and I've diffused the bombs. I was never going to help you. Oh, you crafty cow! Brilliant! Captain's log. No, thanks, I've eaten. We're coming home. Before the helium wears off, engage engine thrusters. Captain's log, start... Just put your foot down, you nutter. <laughs> when I said dramatic countdown music...
boogie. Tom, do the credits in a David Bowie styling. This week, the Lee Matt Show starred me, Tom Robinson, and Mike Wilmot. Oh, you're a pretty thing. With regular guests Steve Brown and Angela McHale. Let's spend the night together. Mark Ellis, Dave Catlin, Birch, and Adam Phillips. Oh, you really are a dirty old man. It was written by Lee Mack and Neil Webster, with additional material by Paul Carenza and Tom Robinson. Oh, dear, oh, dear. you really are disgusting. And it was produced by Claire Jones.